0: lock
1: and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Friday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show live and on demand here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. Todd Herzen is here as is Aaron McIntyre. It has been a while, but it is good to have our friend Shannon Joy back. She'll be joining us here momentarily. For the Dace Group, let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at stevedace.com. That's how you can email the program, D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, at Steve Dace Show. Look for my name as well on MeWe Parlor and Gab. Somebody asked me the other day, why do you have so few followers on Gab? I think we're at less than 5,000 there. I don't know. I I don't know. Are we getting shadow banned now on the alternative sites? <laughs> the alternative sites are now shadow banning us. I think that might have something to do with it, or maybe we're just not. It could also be we're just not that popular. I think there. there's something else. And this is
0: if people are like me, like, uh, how many like streaming services do I need <laughs> yeah, to do? Yeah, how many subscribe? can I like, do? People right. are just like, I. I got to have a life. I yes. got I'm tapping out at some point.
1: Yeah, but that's, they still have a couple million users there. So for us to only have, or for me to only have, you know, 4,900 something well, is, the, the is pretty pathetic be to be brutally I'm just honest. saying,
0: At some point, we just are like, I,
1: I hear I, you. I'm out. And maybe they're thinking, hey, we're, you know, our algorithm of Gab is promoting enough people. Why would we, I mean, there's only so many people we can promote. You didn't make the cut. That that could be it too, right? That's possible. Yeah. All right. You can look for clips of the show over at rumble.com slash Steve Dace show. Again, that's rumble.com slash Steve Dace show. Also, you know, we talked yesterday on the program about how that poor man, Jack Phillips, again, tragically the only cake baker in all of denver colorado back in the courts again um the group that is defending him is the same one that did it successfully all the way to the u.s supreme court before and that is alliance defending freedom if you want to get involved in the fight to help jack beat them again because this is probably going to the u.s supreme court too and uh, this goes back to what we said about that ruling yes he did win but remember, they didn't grant Jack a victory on the premise of his argument. They granted it on the on the premise that the way he was being mistreated was, was yucky and nasty. And that if the state of Colorado could come up with any rationale beyond religious animus, then they were they could absolutely put their boot to his throat, right? Yes. So I I read some of the nine to nothing ruling on the Catholic adoption or, or foster program agency, or it was the adoption agency. Adoption, right? yeah. Yeah. I read some of that, on, on, some on that ruling yesterday. That was nine to nothing. Guess what I found? It's virtually the exact same ruling. Yeah. That and and chances are they probably could have gotten five or six votes by just slapping it down on the premise, but I guess for some reason John Roberts decided he wanted a nine to nothing verdict and the way that they got it was saying that they were they were just individually unfair to this particular group didn't set any necessarily any precedent that said catholic adoption agencies are free to actually be catholic they just said you're being nasty to this one you're picking on this one it's very similar to the jack phillips win mm. i mean it's a win it's a win yeah, yeah. okay it's a win you at least got you know a few lefty spirit of the ages on the court to admit that there's even a line they don't want to cross right you got that but it's it's a pretty narrow in scope win which is why There might be a round two where that fight is concerned as well. If you want to get involved, adflegal.org slash Steve. That's how you can help to defend Jack, who's being represented pro bono by Alliance Defending Freedom. So they need resources, and they get them from people like us at adflegal.org slash Steve. Of course, it's a Friday. That means Feedback Friday coming your way in the next hour of the show. But we begin this hour, as we always do, with the day script. alongside new york talk show host shannon joy good to see you again let's get to issue one bleep lord nefarious says
2: maybe somebody took it from the wild put it in the lab
1: and then it escaped from the lab but that means it was in the wild to begin with So that's why I don't get what they're talking about. Even though you lean towards feeling that this is more likely a natural occurrence, we
2: always felt that you've got to keep an open mind. All of us. We didn't get up and start announcing it, but we've always said keep an open mind and continue to look. So I think it's a bit of a distortion to say that we deliberately suppress that. The state mandates that have
3: proven right and correct, and brought us through this pandemic, are relaxed as of today.
1: We all need to look at one another and ask ourselves, um, what do we need to do better next time? And in many respects, being able to sacrifice a little bit for one another um, to get through this and to save more lives is going, be, is going to be essential. And that's something that I think we could all have done a little bit better on. Vaccinate, vaccinate, make it a-
3: Today, feeling okay while wow, this is new. Oh oh oh, got the vaccine and it's been two weeks. There's life in the streets, hot people at brunch, and I've got a hunch. Mimosas are gonna be bottomless. Oh oh oh, turning off soon after 15 long months, stuck on mute. No lockdowns anymore.
0: A couple of days ago and I've only come out
3: to a few people. I'm a guy. In this case, uh, he was not sexually harassing anybody. He didn't have the intent to sexually harass somebody. He was sexually harassing himself. The Supreme Court this fall will review a Mississippi law that bans most abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. Is an unborn baby at 15 weeks a human being? <coughs> Let me just say that I'm a big supporter of Roe B. Wade. Wade. Uh, I am a mother of five children in six years. I think I have some standing on this issue as to respecting a woman's right to choose. Is it a human being? Yes. Yes, ma'am. Hi, my name is Tiffany, and I am a former fetus. On behalf of all fetuses, I would just like to say, <laughs> please abort us. We don't want to be here.
1: We're building back better together and and building back greener.
3: And building back fairer. And building back more equal. And uh, how shall I? More, in, in, in a more gender neutral and perhaps like a more feminine way. How about that?
1: That dude has a very, very punchable face. <laughs> like, yeah, <dude>. repetitively tenderized. <laughs> like, uh... Tony Stark's Hulk
2: suit on Hulk. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Very, (laughs) very punchable. Metaphorically speaking, of course. Let's get to the first question. Shannon is the guest. You get to go first. Which sulfur was the foulest stench this week? Go ahead.
3: I don't know if they are jumping the shark on this vaccine thing or we should just be terrified. Because everything is going to fall apart and everything is so controlled. The the marketing for this vaccine is so bad. It's so obvious. It's so desperate that it's hard for me as a marketer to even witness it. I I can't understand why anyone would get this vaccine at this point based on the the risk profile. And they all know it, and we all know it. And within our medical institutions, I know for a fact, because we have a very well-organized group of nurses and healthcare workers here in Rochester, New York, who are opposing the mandates and the coercion with this vaccine. People are so sick from this vaccine. The adverse reactions are, are frankly unlike anything that we've seen in terms of running the gamut from heart attack to clots, strokes, myocarditis, pericarditis, I mean, it's, and everyone knows it. Everyone knows this. Yet they're continuing to push this bizarre religious cult. Steve, you've talked about this being a a religious cult. These people are insane. And I don't know whether to be excited and optimistic, like it's about to all fall apart, Or to be like, crap, I mean, we are in for it. You know, if we thought 2020 was bad, wait for 2021. They're saying, hold my beer right now because as they push these mandates, it's not even mandates from the government, actually. In in the true fascist form, the corporations are stepping up and doing the mandating for the government. So we can celebrate that there isn't a vaccine mandate in Florida or Texas or some of the red states, but a lot of these corporations, major corporations, are really coercing and pressuring individuals to get these vaccines. And as you see it tick up by percentage point, as as more and more individuals are targeted by this just disgusting propaganda campaign, uh, the more dangerous I think it's going to get as we move into the fall. So I would say yeah, the, the unabashed lies about the vaccines to me are, <laughs> frankly, it's astonishing. Astonishing. Okay.
0: Uh, Shannon is exactly right and really put that well in terms of not knowing whether we're jumping the shark or uh, are, we're about to get uh, squashed like a bug. The answer is yes. Uh, we are on the razor's edge right now. That That's why the whole notions of going back to normal, uh, total insanity and reality, the Venn diagram of that, is almost... Just a circle right now. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully hopefully as many people are going to wake up because of that as we can and we still have a chance. But it means that there's also very little time left. And right. and, and, and I speak to that my worst of the week. Uh, is is the the rainbow singing parade of what's going mm. on there because we ever heard of a COVID. How many times did I tell you? Once you believe in this gender nonsense, you will believe anything. And I've never been more right about anything is life. You remember Fellowship of the Ring or Boromir when the fellowship's being formed and he's talking about there is evil here that does not sleep. Well, there is weakness here that does not sleep. And mm. where are the men? There they are. And that's pathetic.
3: Aaron. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, Andrew Cuomo uh, finally relaxing uh, the state's guidelines or ending them saying that the state mandates have worked. I'm not sure. I I just think you have to be in denial at this point about the state of our culture to think that he's ever going to be held accountable for this. Yep. I, I just, I think you're in denial. I, no matter all this, no matter how many scapegoats they may need, they, they don't care. They don't care. Nope. Um, unless there is just some acute point of, of hey, we got to get this, just to get through this day, we got to get rid of something, we got to do something. But that's not, that's not coming. They can ride out anything that they want to. The left can. The spirit of the age thinks that it can anyway. And so it's going to continue doing so until we force them And we force accountability and and actual justice,
1: not just vindication. Let's get to the exit question. On a scale of 1 to 10, uh, with 1 being your confidence, Joe Biden is actually running the country. And 10 being your confidence, we'll never see him on that sort of international stage like we did this past week, where it was a disaster minute ever again, given that performance. Rank this week's level of total depravity, Todd. 10. Shannon? 10. Oh, I got a 10 from Shannon. Aaron. 10. You know, this is the time of year we celebrate our independence and the values that made America great. Now more than ever, though, it's important to make sure we support companies that support those values as well. Shannon was just talking about uh, what corporate America is trying to impose against us, for example, in a lot of places. That's why, you know, a lot of us, pretty much everybody, needs a mobile phone these days. Uh, Give it a shot with Patriot Mobile. They not only share your beliefs, they stand behind it with action. They're America's only conservative wireless carrier and they donate a portion of all of your dollars uh, to organizations that fight for the causes that we fight for on shows like this. You also get uh, no hidden fees, cheaper rates, the same coverage that, that everybody else offers because they offer the same. They use the same towers that everybody else does. And right now they've got two offers for you to make the switch: get fifty percent off your first two months, or. You can choose $100 off a new phone if you want to go uh, that route instead. So either $100 off your next phone or 50% off your first two months of service when you go to PatriotMobile.com slash Steve. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Steve. Remember, veterans and first responders, let them know who you are. You get even more savings. PatriotMobile.com slash Steve, or you can call their top-rated customer service team at 972 patriot that's 972-PATRIOT. Let's get to issue two here on the Dace Group, Biden versus Putin. Joe Biden and Russian President Vladimir Putin had
2: a much-hyped meeting this week. It started with Joe Biden being asked about comments he's made in the past regarding Putin. <laughs> answer to answer the first question,
3: <laughs> I'm laughing too. They actually... I. Uh... Well, look, I mean, he has made clear that uh, uh, the answer is I believe he has in the past essentially acknowledged that he was
2: uh, certain things that he would do or did do. Putin granted a 90-minute interview to NBC News where he said this, among other things. We don't have this kind of habit of assassinating anybody. That's one. Number two is I want to ask you, did you order the assassination of uh, the woman who walked into the Congress and who was shot and killed by a policeman? Do you know that 450 individuals were arrested after entering the Congress? And they didn't go there to steal a laptop. They came with political demands 450 people have been detained they're facing they're looking they're they're looking at jail time between 15 and 25 years and they came to the congress with political demands isn't that prosecution for political opinions. The meeting came and went, was shorter than expected, and Biden said he and Putin talked about many things, including cybersecurity, and said he gave the Russians a list of things to absolutely not hack. I talked about the
1: proposition that certain critical infrastructure should be off-limits to attack, period, by cyber or any other means. I gave them a list, if I'm not mistaken, I don't have it in front of me, 16 specific entities. 16 defined as critical infrastructure under U.S. policy from the energy sector to our water systems. And so it's just it's and so if they they don't care what happens, if if they don't care what happens, what happens, let's get to a a true false for the first question, because we pride ourselves in being intellectually honest and consistent on the show as best as we can, given our own uh, sinfulness and and frailties as mere human beings. But I think it's well established within the lexicon of this program. I was not, shall we say, um, approving of the behavior the former president often exhibited, where the uh, the, uh, the 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 butcher of Pyongyang was concerned. Is that fair? Yes. Okay. So let's start there. True or false, this past week was even more embarrassing than Trump's testicle scrubbing of the North Korean butcher, Todd. True. Mm.
0: Uh, and it's not even its not even close. Really? It's not even close. I, I know, okay. personally, that just hit a spot, so I, I can see why you might think it's close. I just always saw it more in the vein of Trump being Trump on just about everything and i've got my unique frustrations with trump too but this steve you just sat next to me for, you saw me run through the gamut of emotions like I, I had to put my head down at Biden with that long pause mm-hmm. i couldn't even watch it it's so embarrassing and then the second part when putin gives a speech about january 6th in the capitol i am the gif of that guy who's holding the, the lawn chair and he flaps it out and sits down like yes i, I am here for this uh, and and then the third part, I'm laughing because uh, the president provides itemizes the list of things he's going to beg you not to attack. Well, I'm just guessing that if Putin is really the bad actor, you say he is, and he may very well be, or China, or whoever. Note to self: those might be the things they attack targets. first. Yes. So yeah, by a long shot, this was way more embarrassing.
1: It's just like Reagan showing up at Reykjavik with a list of places for Gorbachev to not point their missiles because our defense grid is weak here, right?
0: What is this?
1: Shannon, Trying to have a country here. Shannon, what are your thoughts?
3: I don't know what to make of this. I don't know what to make of Putin. I, I you know, The answer is true, first and foremost, because it seems as if Putin is way more concerned about the fascism in the United States of America than 99% of our elected Republicans. Yep.
1: And or or just to clarify, he's 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 far more willing to exploit it for his own political gain than right. even Republicans are willing to do that yeah. to defend their own voters. Yeah. Yes, it's at least that. Yes. I'm
3: going to be honest. I mean, I pay close attention. I didn't real until Tucker talked about the 100 or so, 100 or more political prisoners in Washington D.C. It was not even on my radar. I mean, I it, I was shocked about that. To be honest, <laughs> The thing about Putin, I feel like I have a a cat. His name is Rocky. When he hunts a mouse or he gets a chipmunk, he bats it around a little bit. He doesn't kill it. He just like plays with it and he bats it around and just has fun with it. And I feel as if it's become an American tradition for Putin to humiliate our presidents and just like bat them around, you know, even with Obama, with the I'll have more flexibility on Mm -hmm. the live mic after the election to, as you mentioned, Trump you know, brown nosing and sucking up to him at every corner to now Biden. So it's I, I don't know how seriously to take it, except for to me, it almost feels like a show, you know, and and if Putin is the cat and we're the chipmunk, then what I'm concerned about the Rottweiler that is China and G7 and the the Great Reset and, and all, you know, all the other entities that are really shaping the disaster that we are in right now in this country and in the world that we're not even talking about. We're not even really, we're we're talking about a little bit more, thank God, but you know, that's, that's my concern. So yeah, it's, it's worse, but I guess I'm just used to the razzle dazzle.
1: I mean, we couldn't get in eight months later, Georgia is admitting in one of its largest counties that it cannot provide chain of custody for 25% of 142,000 plus mail-in votes. Which begs the question, what in the Sam Hill were they auditing all those times last year that they kept telling us? it's like our second audit, our third audit. What were you auditing if you are just now learning eight months in one of your largest counties could not provide ample chain of custody of a ballot? For 20 and 25 percent of the cases, for over 142,000 ballots, what in a state decided by 11,170 votes? What in the world were you auditing? We could, we can't get the Republican Party nationally to move on that. We we can't get the Republican Party nationally to move on the fact about 100 of its own voters are just sitting indefinitely detained without being charged of any crime in a jail cell. We can't get them to do that. But. But we did get the Republican Party to move instantly on making Juneteenth a federal holiday when it has been a state holiday already for 40 years. And our first two black presidents, hat-tip Tony Morrison, Bill Clinton, and then Barack Obama, they didn't, when they had all Democrat Congresses, didn't seem to care about making Juneteenth a national holiday, but because some consultant by the way, I think the Republican Party probably should have made Juneteenth a national holiday during, like, Reconstruction when Democrats were still trying to impose slavery by another means called Jim Crow, right? Maybe that, that right. might have been a smart play, but this is just a clearly contrived attempt that some consultant somewhere said, you're going to get like point zero 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 four seven two five more of the black vote if you do this. And, and Joy Reid will only call you racist 14 times this week when she had it really on her list to do it 21. All right, That we had to move heaven and earth for this. But people, just citizens, just sit indefinitely detained without anything being charged. Oh, yeah. And and yeah. I mean, and, and and Georgia is just now telling us that, that one county's results yes. could literally flip the outcome yes. of the entire state eight months later. You just channeled one of the conversations Frank Luntz
0: and Kevin McCarthy had at one of their sleepovers. Oh, now
1: you just want me to start. Oh, now you gosh. do want me That's to just bad. start dealing with punchable faces when you tell me stuff like yes. that. Yes, I do. Aaron, what do you think? So I think to me... It's false by a hair
2: because there is an excuse for Biden this week. It's called dementia. You know, it's one thing if you get your pants pulled down by Vladimir Putin. It's it's another thing if you actively pull down your pants uh, to the butcher of Pyongyang. So to me, that makes Trump's uh, humping the leg of, of, of uh, what's his face, Kim Jong-un. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes it a little bit worse, but... It is, in a sense, I, I can definitely make the case that this week is worse, just based on the fact that this guy is uh, Joe Biden. He is just a puppet, at best. At best, um, of uh, the people around him. At worst, he's just completely vacant. So
1: you guys know how much. I mean, pr- maybe the last time in my life CNN is ever going to call me and ask me to come on the air was to was was to comment on Trump's behavior with Kim Jong-un because you guys know how much that bothered me, right? That my level, yes. of, di- my level of disdain for that yes. reached a proportion that even CNN thought we can put this on our airwaves. Yes. So it fits with yeah. our overall programming, okay? That aside though, at first when you instantly said that it was true, I kind of was like, really? The more and more I think about it, and it's actually because of what you said, Aaron. I think if I had gone first, I would have voted false, just because I still have ticks. I mean, I, like a tick reaction. Just thinking about it. But what we saw this week on a world stage, with the entire industrialized world watching, and in the company of other leaders of of equal or, in the case of Macron, who was dressing him down, lesser influence. Is a word that I have, I, I don't think we could ever associate with a US president before. We've had incompetence, Jimmy Carter. We've had corruption, Nixon, uh, Harding, right? Okay. Yeah. We've had communist, Obama. I mean, we, we, we've had people that were some various form of ne'er do well, correct? Yes. Have we ever had feeble? Mm. And to me, we, this last week, we projected as a country feebleness to the world. Yes, we did. Okay, like say what you want about Jimmy Carter, he was incompetent, but like he backed out of the Moscow Olympics. He tried to actually rescue the hostages. the uh, The operation was a disaster. Mm-hmm. Okay, but he like he did send like military people in. He tried. Okay, yeah. This is feeble. It's feebleness. That Have we ever, in the history of this republic, projected anything close to that word? First of all, is that word fair? Yes. And have we projected anything close to that word to the world in the history of our nation? I don't believe so. Shannon, I'll give you a minute. What are your thoughts on that?
3: No, I don't think so. And I think that what this is indicative of is the complete breakdown at the federal level are all, all politicians, our are presidents, our bureaucracies, I mean, there is, it's, there is absolutely no leadership at the top. There's no vision at the top. There, it, it, from my perspective, it's a mess of lazy and unimaginative, some of them corrupt, some of them incompetent, all running around with their heads cut off. They don't know what to do. They're taking directions from someone, I don't know who. It's it's clearly not the people we elected to be in right. Charge. You just
1: described District One in the Hunger Games. You just described the Capitol, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that But it's, the spirit of the age is President Snow. Mess.
3: Yeah, I but, mean, hopefully, uh, bottom up. Hopefully, this opens up an opportunity for local organization and a renaissance in self governing, which amen. We're, we're seeing.
1: Let's know? get to the exit question: If the likelihood. My January prediction that Joe Biden will not finish the year as president were an Eagles song in honor of this being the 49th anniversary of their debut album. Which Eagles song would it be? A, the long run, B, take it to the limit, or C, already gone? Todd? Take it to the limit. Shannon, what do you think?
3: Take it to the limit.
1: All right, so you guys think he's going to survive? Well, Aaron? Take it to the limit. Okay. I took that to mean we're not going
0: to know until December 31st, basically. Oh, you think
1: it will go that... Okay. I, okay. I
3: just it say th- exactly what the person before me says, because I never understand these kind of anyway. <laughs> <laughs> <Well, laughs> That's my policy.
1: There we go. Honesty. All right. Speaking of which, when we come back, all they do is lie. Next. Guess what I just had? That's right. Built Bar is back in the house. Snacking isn't always the best thing in the world when it comes to your health, unless it is a Built Bar. It is the most nutritious uh, snack you've ever had in terms of what actually tastes good. Uh, and then it, it tastes better. I just had, again, one of the chocolate chip cookie dough ones. And I learned my lesson. I brought a couple in extra today just to have a stash over there in case I ever forget my uh, my my daily furnishing of these again, uh, it it fits into any healthy lifestyle, low carb, low sugar, um, low cal. Um, even the most decadent flavor they've made yet, the chocolate chip cookie dough one, still just 170 calories, still just seven net carbs, seven grams of sugar. That's it for something that tastes better than a lot of the candy bars that are out there. All right, and they've got a ton of flavors, and most of them, by the way, are 130 calories or less. All of them covered in real chocolate banana nut bread. I did jump online and get one of that one of those uh, yesterday when it was uh for sale for just one day. Little tip on the dope prime tomorrow and Sunday. Or no, t- you know, yes, tomorrow and Sunday. They will have a special caramel brownie father's day uh, flavor. You can go online. And order as well. BuiltBar.com, B U I L T is how it's spelled. Get 15% off your order when you use my last name, DACE, as your promo code at BuiltBar.com. BuiltBar.com, promo code DACE. Let's welcome back in our good friend, Shannon Joy, as we continue on with our weekly look at the week that was. Let's get to issue three All They Do Is Lie. Last week, the CDC and the
2: FDA announced an emergency meeting to discuss new data indicating the risk of heart complications in young men receiving the COVID vaccines is greater than they previously thought. That emergency meeting was originally scheduled for a a week later today, but it's been rescheduled owing to the fact that tomorrow is Juneteenth, as of this week, a federal holiday. And then there was this recent study out of New Jersey which found that hydroxychloroquine in higher doses combined with azithromycin was associated with a greater than 100% survival rate for those hospitalized with COVID-19 and placed on event. This week, a group of parents in Florida banded together to send their kids' masks to a laboratory for analysis. The lab found oodles of bacteria, including those causing meningitis, rubella, Lyme disease, tuberculosis, E. coli, diphtheria, and a slew of others. The tests the masks were put through after being worn after a day could detect viruses, but none were found. Finally, a new study from the National Institutes of Health analyzed 24,000 stored blood samples from volunteers across the country from January 2nd to March 18th, 2020. Antibodies against COVID-19 were detected via two different serology tests in nine patient samples during that time frame, from participants outside the major hotspots at the time, New York City and Seattle. The first positive samples came from participants in Illinois and Massachusetts on January 7th and 8th, respectively, meaning the virus was present in those states, at least in late December of
1: 2019. Let's just reset this, shall we? You guys know what it means, by the way, when they only detected bacteria but no virus. It means the, the mass didn't catch any of it. That's what it means. Okay, didn't didn't catch any of the thing it was supposed to catch, but it did make you reingest all the things your God-given filtration system was, was created to get rid of. That's what it means, okay? But let's just reset this, shall we? The masks are dirty. The vaccines are dangerous. Hydroxychloroquine works. And the virus was here all along. They lied about all of it. All of it. All of it. So, Aaron, which of these things they lied about surprises you the most and why? Probably
2: the when did the virus get here? Because um, if if you can still massage that if you want this to be long COVID, if you want this to be all the things that it ended up being last year. Retcon it into your narrative, you mean. Yes, yeah. exactly. You can, you can retcon that. The other stuff... It's just flat out, um, uh, it's just, they're flat out lies. You can, you can massage the origin date of the virus all you want and say, hey, uh, the way that this is amplifying and amping up here, uh, that kind of makes sense to, to no, they didn't, they didn't do that at all. Mm. And that's, that's a pretty important point. But I guess maybe, maybe um, if you just didn't want to deal with that at that time, you didn't really want to deal with any of the truth at, at any time, it seemed like, the last year. But I, I suppose it does make sense to lie about that as well. To, uh, because then, then it calls into questions all the scary models, if you're, if you're honest about that. But you still could have retconned it. But I don't know, maybe they didn't have enough time. Shannon,
1: let's turn the question around. Okay.
3: Come on, I prepared for the other one.
1: You want to answer there? Right, no, I'll make. I'll make no. Todd to do the flip no, around. No, you go ahead. What's your answer to that?
3: Well, you boys know that nothing surprised me. It surprised me in terms of like the deceit, the depravity. I mean, I feel like I understood the nature of what we were up against like six years ago. So none of this surprises me at all. What does surprise me, however, is how to use a word that you used to describe our president. Steve in an earlier segment is how feeble Mm. Americans are right now Mm. and how easily we were fooled. We know we're fooled. We're afraid of what we're doing, but no one can stand up. No one can stand up to this. I was in a school board meeting A bus aide was testifying about the masking here in New York State, which is still in place in schools, 90 degrees on a bus. She's explaining how that is. One small child, five years old, overheats to the point that she vomits in her mask on the bus. And this aide is trying to help her. This aide is trying to help her to take off her mask so that she can clean her up. And this small child is so terrified of getting in trouble that she refused to take the mask off. And she sat on that bus with a vomit-filled mask oh, that my. she refused to take off. Oh my, if I was mask. her
1: if I was her dad, you'd all Wait. be bailing me out. I promise you, you would all be bailing me out right now. Okay. Or they'd have me in the same cell with the January 6th people, never to be heard from again. I'd be in a dungeon okay. somewhere.
3: Okay. So Steve, though, that's appropriate. Your response is natural and appropriate. What is happening in our country today is that no one has that response. We are accepting violence upon violence upon violence and oppression, and there's no natural pushback. We should have a physical reaction to someone trying to cover our nose or our mouths. And it's the same with the vaccine. Another story out of Florida: a woman, a nurse, a healthcare worker named Brittany, was interviewed. She's the first, a, a, apparently, admitted case of very serious um, uh, Guillain-Barré syndrome because of the COVID-19 vaccine. And she talks about how she was flattened by the first vaccine to the point where she was terrified to get the second vaccine. And she waited to the last possible minute. And she goes into how terrified she was. She was terrified that she was going to be injured by that vaccine, but she went and got it anyway because she didn't want to lose her job. She didn't want to um, stand out. She didn't want to have to wear the mask. She wanted to go back to life. We're doing insanely unnatural things right now Mm -hmm. as people and that's what surprises me the most the lies you know me the uh, aliens they could do the alien thing that would not surprise me nothing would they could put it they could start rounding people up who are unvaccinated on trains and taking them to concentration camps in two weeks would not surprise me it would not surprise me what surprises me is how we as americans are responding to this that is astounding to me.
1: Todd, no offense. You won't come up with a better answer than this. No, so I won't. it's it's good for me to go ahead and flip the question around on you then. Fair enough. What did they tell the truth about?
0: Who? You're asking the guy who was the anti vaxxer before the COVID thing came along. And then so, co authored
1: a um, number one best selling book yeah. exposing all of it. Yes, I know. So, so you're the perfect person to ask. All right.
0: This, you just what, asked, did, what
1: did they tell the truth about? You
0: just asked me the Kobayashi Maru. I mean,
1: the, most, the, the, the biggest vaccine proponent in our circle of independent researchers is Phil Kirpin. Fair? At least that we've come into yeah, contact yeah, yeah, with. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And even he will tell you, based on his own data, that, that there, it, he, what, what did he tell us when we asked him the other day in the 70% range? 70, he put it in the 70 percentile of effectiveness when it comes to mitigating oh. hospitalizations oh. And, and death. When, when their claims were 99%, 98%. Didn't Pfizer do a trial or one of them with children? 100%. Mm-hmm. 170% endorsed by Hugo <laughs> Chavez. The Hugo Chavez vaccine. 170% <laughs> well, effectiveness.
0: I'll say is.
3: anything. It doesn't matter.
0: We're at the time of year where this happened. It happened last January. Last uh, uh, February, uh, March. We were told by Fauci and everybody else that masks don't need to be worn and don't work and that was true and then all of a sudden masks became a vaccine and it was this time last year I mean really we had already done this for months and we knew the data and right then and I saw it in a matter I went into my bank I remember in June and I said are you guys going to be doing this mask and she said no nah. You don't see any of us wear a mask. The next week, two weeks later, I went in again. It flipped like that, and it was like a hazmat suits. But we were told at the beginning that masks didn't work, and there are still
1: people masking up everywhere. Exit question. True or false, the airline mask mandate will end before its currently scheduled sunset in September. Todd before no. before yes no. No. no no false all right false shannon what do you think
3: false mm-hmm. Aaron. it all hinges on the vaccine
2: uh true they'll end it right before flu season
1: let's get the issue for you of intro for this one we're just going right to the conversation go right to the conversation all right so we already brought up the whole juneteenth thing all right so this is uh, this is our next instant racist detector Apparently. okay. so if anything, this thing should have been like a holiday like 100 years ago and Republicans should have done it to uh, during Reconstruction to rub it in the face of the Jim Crow KKK South. Right. Why is it being done now when it wasn't done with the first, according to Tony Morrison, black president Bill Clinton, when he had entire Democrat legislatures uh, or congresses? Why wasn't it done under Barack Obama, the actual first black president when they had a filibuster proof majority in the U.S. Senate? All right, and 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 why are we rushing to do it now? And why are Republicans who can't be bothered about their own voters being indefinitely detained rushing to do this now? It's just all a contrivance, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, you can take this seriously or 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 go on a contrivance. What will be the next federal holiday, Todd? I
0: don't know. what Will be the next, but that was the, the question. Was what should be. It should be my birthday because I identify as the greatest human who has ever breathed oxygen in the history of man. Done. You must bend the knee to that. You must accept that. My pronoun is I am awesome. That should be the federal holiday.
1: I like it. You are awesome. All right. So, Shane, I'm going to make you follow that like I made him follow you last, last round. Go ahead.
3: Well, so I think that this Juneteenth thing is kind of interesting. And I think the way, the reason that they're, honestly, the reason that they're doing it has to do with the FDA and the trouble with the vaccines. Um, I do know that there is a lot of angst within the FDA right now, a lot of turmoil. Um, it's a bit frenzied. The risk, the risk profile on this vaccine, the cat's kind of out of the bag. The barn is out of, or the cow's out of the barn on this. I don't know if they can put it back in, and so we know that the FDA is split on this idea about recommending it for children, or whether you know it's safe for children. And I think I have just a hunch that they might have just thrown this out so that they did not have to have this meeting uh, today, which was Friday, so that they could delay a little bit more. Because I don't know. I think something is something is up there. So um, yeah, I don't know. Next uh, next holiday should be. The Shannon Joy is awesome holiday as well. Cause I breathe the best oxygen. And just to follow up on <laughs> you All know, right. I just copy what you say.
1: Aaron Christmas.
3: <laughs> Christmas.
1: Nice. I'm gonna go first two days of the NSA basketball tournament. Yeah. What do you think? It's I, kind save it's another, that save way me for another us couple. Anyways. Yeah. Save another couple of days of vacation yep. time though, right? Yeah. All right. Quickly we got two minutes. Uh, let's do predictions. Aaron, I'll start with you. Uh, I had one from last week, but
2: I realized it was a forced prediction and I can't remember it now. So now I have to make something up off the top of my head. Um, I I think by the end of the summer, uh, we will start to hear, by the end of the summer meaning by the end of of July, early to mid-August, uh, we will start to hear active conversations about the Twenty Fifth Amendment. I don't think I think B- Biden at lasts through the end of the year. That's why I answered this way I did at the uh, uh, previous exit question. But we will start to hear active conversations about the Twenty Fifth Amendment. Hey, what is this? Well, we found found this found this scroll over in the White House. That says Twenty Fifth Amendment. Uh, wow. You're going to start to hear. Um, uh, wow, what is this uh, type of conversations by the end of the session. Somebody
1: should ask Kamala Harris, have you ever thought about invoking the 25th Amendment? See if she does that laugh she always does when she lies. <laughs> oh, of course not, which means yes. All right, Todd, go ahead. In largely white suburban districts
0: across the country uh, this coming fall in winter, I think you are going to have – uh, teacher strikes. Those teachers are going to lash back and push back against CRT and those teachers are going to strike and they are going to frame CRT
1: as a public health issue. Can completely see that. Yeah. Can completely see that. Shannon, quickly, go ahead. Got about 30 seconds.
3: Yep. I think by this summer, we are going to see the vaccines suspended for use in children to piggyback on what I was saying about the FDA. I think that, um, the wheels are falling off this jalopy and the adverse events and the deaths are way too high, way too high. They can't keep on it. I could see that as well. It. Yep. Yeah.
1: You're seeing it in European countries now already. I, yes. I, I could see that as well. Um, yeah. I think my prediction is this fall, we are going to see another form of a credit or lending bubble slash crisis, um, similar to what we saw in 2008. I, I just I mean I just look at the what's going I look at the amount of debt they're servicing the Fed is in their repo markets two hundred and thirty five billion in one day earlier this week yeah. in one day all right now those numbers are way beyond where we were in o eight, but it's a trend line very similar to what happened that portended what was going to happen in the fall of two thousand and eight and I think we might be looking at another one of those now so i uh, I you know what I bought the house I'm in now a year or two before I could afford it because I've, I've read some market analysis that said you might be stuck in the home you're in if you don't move now. So that's why we did. I might give the rest of you all that advice, okay? And that's not a live read for real estate agents I trust. It's just looking at where things are heading. I might consider that if I were in other people's shoes in this day and age. Mm-hmm. Shannon, mm-hmm. good to see you as always. All right, take care. God bless. Thanks, fellas. You bet. Good to see you again. We'll come back with Hour 2, and it will be your turn with some Feedback Friday. We look forward to it next. Back with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV Radio Podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Totters, and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think. Via the SteveDace.com inbox, email the program Steve at SteveDace.com. That's D E A C E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor, Gab. Look for Steve Dace and all of those places. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Steve Show. And if you're looking for clips of the show, you can find them on rumble.com/slash Steve Dace Show. Also, if you're a podcast listener, thank you. We're looking for you to hit that subscribe button for us if you haven't already. Um, leave us a five star review if you haven't done so already. Thank you to all of you that have done those things for us already because you have already helped contribute to the growth of the program and we appreciate that very much. Let's get to some feedback. Friday brought to you by our friends over at Tommy John this summer. Soak up the sun and not your sweat. Tommy John underwear is your solution to not feeling sticky because it's cool cotton fabric It's two to three times cooler than regular cotton. And you can get a new pair of Tommy John underwear. Let your buns breathe. Keep your chicks chilled. Ice your cubes. You know, all the other various uh, metaphors we can come up with. Use uh, this uh, underwear all summer long. Dozens of comfort innovations. Um, It's a fantastic product. It's the only underwear I own now. Not that anybody asked. Might be a little too much TMI, but I kind of feel like if I'm going to suggest people purchase a product that uh, covers their more intimate regions i maybe should have some personal um experience with it is that fair as long as the picture up on our screen is say that you again your, your mic was off go as ahead as
0: long as the picture up on the screen isn't in you in your underwear i'm good with that uh, okay
1: so 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 an audible reference to it is okay yeah i'm fine I, all right perfect audibly <laughs> then um i won't physically demonstrate it but audibly i would I would give you a very high recommendation. I'm not alone. Uh, they've been around for 13 years. Thousands upon thousands of five-star reviews uh, calling Tommy John the most comfortable underwear ever. Over 15 million pairs sold across the U.S. And right now, you can get 20% off your first order if you've never tried it before. 20% off your first order at TommyJohn.com slash Steve. 20% off your first order at Tommyjohn.com slash Steve. That's Tommyjohn.com slash Steve. So Feedback Friday. I'm like backloaded with feedback. So here's how we're going to handle this this week. I'm going to share the feedback. And then it's going to be you two who respond, mm. who, have, who pontificate on it. And as best I can, I, I, I can't promise I will offer no ensuing commentary. But I'm going to do my darndest to have you guys be who responds here. Okay? Cool. Because I've kind of done a little editorializing by suggesting what we're going to be responding to. Right? Sure. By the very act of reading the letters. Sure. All right. So that might help us keeping my long-windedness out of this. Might help us put a dent in what's a pretty pretty sizable stack right now. Okay? Aaron, you all right with that?
2: Absolutely.
1: All right. So, I mean, I told Aaron he could talk more. So, absolutely, he's okay with that. All right, let's start here. I, I am a trained and practicing scientist. I practice hard science at a global corporation, but obviously I've done academic research in the past. I can tell you that your letters from last week's Feedback Friday are correct. Everything about modern science is a narrative. Very few scientists, if any, are looking for objective observations. The few who are do not have a materialistic worldview most of the time, but are actually Christians. For the materialists, science, naturalism, that's their religion. Oftentimes, it doesn't matter what the facts are, the inputs or the hypotheses and the outputs or the results must be consistent with their religion. Or the results are just simply invalid and discarded. All modern science, he says, is narrative. A great example with this is the current Wuhan narrative. The clue is is in how the lab-generated genome was detected. In modern virology, to detect a novel virus, the supposed infected material is run through a PCR test. That's a molecular test. After the PCR test, the results are the novel genome. The most glaring issue with this is that there must be a prior hypothesis to test for in other words someone predetermines the specific genome to test for they were specifically testing for the lab hypothesis furthermore meaning that the idea that the virus originated in the lab furthermore if you read the paper they used a cycle threshold of 30 any value over 24 will produce significant false positives with false positives being almost 100 percent when you get to 34 cycles or beyond Meaning people that may even have some artifact or trace of the virus, but it's just not any form of a transmissible or uh, or infectious danger. They specifically designed the test to produce these results that they wanted. If I told you how common this is in modern science, you probably would not believe me. The spirit of the age has been waiting to use this narrative for almost a year. Why? I don't have room in this letter. However, he is always a liar and cannot tell the truth. More importantly, we must compare this to the scriptures. Consider the smoking gun email where they discuss the man-made origin of the virus. He says that the virus probably does not fit evolutionary theory. Yeah, I picked up on that too. I have been shouting for more than a year now that this is all about evolution. The term novel is an evolutionary term in biology. This virus recently evolved and humans haven't evolved immunity yet. That is, evolution has left us helpless and not good even the discussion around variants implies evolution. However, if they find the variants using the methods described above, they can find anything they want, as long as it matches their religion of evolution. Everyone is standing around waiting for salvation from the Darwinists, but that's an altar that won't light. Remember, he's always a liar and cannot tell the truth. That is from Jacob Jackson, Ph.D.
0: Well, in a way, Steve, uh you already did comment uh on this, so I'll, I will point to uh your words that other people will be reading uh soon. Your latest column uh is very much uh about this issue. Listen, before all these guys got their master's degrees in some strain of science or even a PhD, before that, they got their undergrad in woke, whether with their bachelors often or just by going to high school or starting off in kindergarten. That, that is the religious sensibility that was established well before any of them had some sort of awakening that they were going into the sciences. Which is why those sciences are not hard or objective. They are as malleable as anything else. They are as malleable as pronouns to these people, which means you aren't dealing with anything remotely close to science, but incredibly dangerous because of how science, uh, the, the pride of place, the amount of respect it has. It's it's used very much, and it's increasingly uh, not how the con- the Constitution, more and more, is like, yeah, whatever, in many progressive circles, but that that's a relatively recent development. But the Constitution for most of Steve in my life, and we each had an awakening about that to some degree, is just was used as a tool to get what it wanted to, but otherwise ignored as much as possible. That's kind of how science is uh, used uh, now in many, many respects, and scientists. There's something else afoot. It's it's not an end. It's a means.
2: Science has become the opening line of, I think it's the opening line of 1984. It was a bright, cold day in April, and the, and the strikes were all striking 13 Um it's a commentary on not not the clocks itself, but the nature of what truth is and how we mark things and measure things. And that's, that's fundamentally what science is. It's a measurement of things, an observation of measurements over time. And you can finagle. You can finagle outcomes. You can start from faulty premises if you want to in order to reach the outcomes that you want. Science, the science... Starts with an outcome first and works backwards. Words. Science, real science, starts by observation and reaches an outcome. If you want to know why, have you seen some of the stories in recent years? One comes to mind, notably from Seattle, I believe it was. The public school district, or at least one school there, was discussing the idea of uh, numbers being racist. Mm. Not, not, not the idea of the outcome of numbers, but numbers themselves they are uh, a relic of the the patriarchy or the the white uh, of white culture, something along those lines. Why why would why would the racialists even even try to attempt? Why would the spirit of the age even try to attempt to paint something like numbers as being as as being um, abhorrent? It's because foundationally numbers are foundational <laughs> numbers are foundational so if you can shake the meaning of numbers that's why they that's why they don't like it because numbers are objective numbers are true either they are or they are not that's why and I'm just painting this picture that's what the spirit of the age looks at um objective truth with as if it is something to be destroyed or and or trifled with with the with the aim of destroying so the, the the listeners is right on the on the money there there is there is no uh, objective um, metrics used anymore in the science it's all just narrative it's all just crafting the spirit of the age. A uh, spirit of the ages narrative. That that's all it is anymore.
0: You know, it, the ancient Chinese and Arabs that played a very very important role in the development of mathematics would
1: be surprised to learn yeah. that it was their right privilege talking. Yeah. <laughs> that's very well said uh, uh, this next note I thought you might like, like a little more background on it, uh, it in case you haven't already seen this this drug was originally created and marketed as a treatment for Ebola back around 2014 but it failed to show any real efficacy in any trials and it was shelved for a while then in order to make up for some of their losses Gilead initiated trials as a treatment for hepatitis C but again it failed to demonstrate any significant efficacy and Gilead continued to be in the red concerning this medication then comes along SARS COVID-2 and voila uh Remdem was suddenly the treatment of choice and Gilead began to recoup their losses interesting wouldn't you say that's from C.H. McCuller Jr. M.D.
0: I've we've talked on the show before it's been a little while about how markets as much as we are capitalists there's an one of the idolatrous uses of capitalism is to misapply the same standard of free markets to different industries, and not all widget is every widget is the same. Mm-hmm. A part of the pro, once once journalism started going corporate, uh, it, it was very much part. It's not u- the only unique variable in its downfall. But that that product cannot be produced like a buggy whip. It 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 and so once it's more about shareholders and clicks and prices, you can't help but destroy journalism. And I think the same is applying partially uh to 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 drugs. I, I, I think part of this is a relentless pursuit of market share. Healthcare is not meant to be exclusively run by market forces. If it is, you will get this. It'll be about a dollar sign way before it is something about genuine health. Now, again, I'm not strictly opposed to market forces in healthcare or in journalism or anything else, but it's it, it we're, we are doing an apples bananas things on some level. So that's what came to mind when you read that, Steve. Because why would they keep? constantly keeping their foot on the gas on this thing otherwise
2: yeah I, market forces pure market forces even in the industries that you've described todd pure market forces can work can work if the society in which the market exists is made up of a moral and religious people the center can't hold when we have what we have now which is not a moral and religious people by and large. What's the what, what's? I can't remember. I think Barna did this research um, probably over a decade ago about the percentage of professing believers who actually possess something. Assembly, you know, it's about ten percent, nine or ten percent. A, a biblical worldview. That's that's what we're talking about here. Pure market because the the market is driven by um, by by those uh, that are actually buying and selling within the market. All of us. And so if, market, if the outcome of the market is evil or if it's uh, uh, selfish, things like that, just purely driven by market share, um, you're going to have terrible outcomes. That's, that's the outcomes that you have. It's, uh, I don't think it's really much of a chicken or egg. So these things, as much as, a, of, as, much as anything, go back to revival or bust.
1: I am 28 years old. I want to believe what you believe about the virus. You seem super sharp, but having grew up in San Diego, I'm starting to realize everyone in my circle post-COVID is absolutely insane. Even my parents. And I see us heading in a direction towards communism, and everyone I know seems to have been indoctrinated. Should I get out of here now? It's from Lance.
0: Probably, yes. I... You know, every everybody's got their own story. Uh, uh, getting out of here for one person, it's 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 a Herculean effort for any number of reason. For the other one, and for a lot more people uh, than those people themselves think, because people have a hundred excuses for why it's not possible. But for a lot of people, it's it's really not that complicated an issue. If you, it, and this speaks to what Aaron said, if your fundamentals are truly your fundamentals.
2: Yeah, I can't really add much much more to that one.
1: I, I think I'll be very brief for me. Unless you are, I think we need to look at the where, where we live the same here domestically, the same way we look at mission trips internationally. New York is a foreign country. California, is a foreign country. Unless you are being called specifically to mission in these areas, get the hell out and balkanize with people that where you can create essentially no-go zones for the spirit of the age, where West Virginia and Mississippi at all are as red as California is blue. Even in, or if you can live in a place like California, because these are—that's a massive state. There's plenty of red counties there, right? Make those counties so red that the, the that the the magistrate won't even bother showing up. Like you didn't show up in in you didn't show up in, you avoided where Samuel Adams and the Sons of Liberty lived, because if you showed up with your uh you know with 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 your demands you got tarred and feathered you just went to the next town over you Mm -hmm. know what i'm saying balkanize balkanize Uh, unless you're being called to a mission trip because that's really what states like california are foreign countries Mm -hmm. then get the hell out and balkanize at every opportunity you can to buttress yourself from with the from the spirit of the age yes Recently, when you discussed the issues that come up between men and women, I thought about how feminism changed men in America, and not for the better. Men seem to be afraid of being men, don't usually take strong roles in the family. Yes, it's a generalization, but the trend seems widespread. In the last year, the radicals are blaming white men for every evil ill in society. Men don't deserve this. In my experience, men are confused about what role they have. Women want to be strong and often come on too strong. Men used to hold a door open for women. Some still do. If there are two doors, I hold the second one for them. I appreciate men. I see men stand back and almost become invisible while they wait to see what women will do in a relationship. The partnership in a marriage is nearly non-existent to the point that it's like two people just living together, even in a lot of Christian marriages, I see. It can be done, but it's hard to find a real man. Is this a possible show topic? I'd love to hear your thoughts, Nancy Bowman.
0: Well, this has been a show topic. I mean, it is we've talked about this both seriously and this is in many respects while as kind of a a, a meme of sorts, Steve talks about the dude code. I mean, we, we, yeah, of, of course, we, we I just got my my worst of the week was a bunch of dudes and rainbow nonsense. I mean, that's why we got if that did not exist, covid, what to whatever degree covid's an actual virus that can cause actual damage. We would have dealt with it in an entirely different fashion if we were a nation led by uh, real men. So, you know what? That's what quite frankly, that's what this show is every single day. Day whether it's as overt as your email made it or not
2: yeah we've we've dealt with this. I think we just did last week or two weeks ago on on the show and it's I, I, I my heart breaks for um, the, the women who are just who just can't find you know just can't find the real dudes my I mean all of our hearts do to some degree and I know both of you having uh, multiple daughters it's like uh, where where to man that you know um, that's probably going to be a conversation maybe maybe not um, at, at some point in the in the near future but I would say I would give a reiteration one um, it's this is one of the first serious conversations that I had with my wife, when we were dating, is standards versus expectations. Standard, you got to love Jesus. That's a standard. Okay, there are other standards as well, but that's probably the chief one. Expectations are how you think that that plays out, how hmm. that looks like. Expectations. I show my love for Jesus by, um, or I, I I want my wife to love Jesus, and my expectation is, is that she shows her love by Jesus, for Jesus by scrubbing uh, the bathrooms two times a week. Now that's an expectation that. You know, to some degree, human human beings are always going to have those expectations of what things look like, of what their standards look like. So, you know, caution yourself as much as possible with those expectations. But that is not to say, that's not to absolve, you know, as far as what your uh, potential mates might look like or mate in the future, hopefully just one, um, looks like in the future. Uh, but that doesn't absolve the, the actual pro- problem and crisis that is we just don't have, we just don't have enough men. You, you remember the uh, Mr. Sandman, Mr. Fauci parody that we had a few weeks ago, where that that twerp, yeah. that little shrimpy kid, yeah. went up at some vaccinate New York event and started singing uh, a, a parody of Mr. Sandman. It was just an ode to Dr. Fauci. Um, there's a lot of dudes who look like men, who can shave, who may have a deep voice, who may uh, go jet skiing and and fishing, and do a lot of stereotypically manly things. Deep down, though, they are that kid. So that's kind of an example of, of standards versus expectations. There may be a lot of guys who look like that kid, but are the exact opposite as well. So that's
1: one thing. Let's get into boomers, some of the comments I've said over the years about boomers. I'm going to read these two notes back to back, okay? Uh, this is from wayne and pam howell as boomers we can relate to your feelings coming after us many boomers went off the rails but many of us did not we recall having similar feelings about the generation that came before us the greatest generation who lived through the great depression and fought world war ii we heard about their day and their music and their culture and how superior it was we acknowledge sacrifice and bravery of those days but we do not consider everyone of that time superior to us on, on one thing they failed to do was teach us about the specialness of this country. Vietnam, civil unrest, concerns about nuclear war and assassinations were significant challenges we lived through. Some of us were shaped by this and others, it is true, did develop, as you say, a Peter Pan syndrome or a refusal to grow up. This is from Beth your thoughts concerning the inability of, of the boomers collectively as a generation to accept age and growing older. I, I understand the gist of what you're saying. I would disagree in that many instances. It's not deluding oneself that you're older or aging. It's simply that I know I want to keep going on as long as I can. I want to give of myself. I do not want to shove the younger generation out of the way in the process. But in your basic view of accepting one's age, stepping out of the way, just retiring to play golf, et cetera, sounds to me like death. Time after time, those... That do those things just don't live a lot longer human beings are generally not built to deal well with the feeling of no longer having earthly purposes while we wait to meet god so with all due respect what you sound what you describe about our generation sounds too much like giving up to me
0: uh well see you took this personally and I understand. Are you talking to me or to her? I'm, I'm her, fine either way. Her. Okay, all right. Just uh, you to took this personally, and I understand that uh, to some degree because you you you're trying to live a full and rich life. Uh, but set aside how that personally applies to you, uh, and just talk about it generationally and this particular generation. And yeah, Steve is dead on. you you, you your time is up, and it should be because we are in this mess uh in many respects uh because of you uh and for uh yes, the, the feet uh, the 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 feats of the greatest generation are all the more amazing because they too had feet of clay. yet they answered the bell. Again, courage is the um the virtue that gives life to all the rest of them, all right Th- those men who jumped off those Higgins boats were, terrified uh those women who are left at home to put the pieces back together when their husbands uh, died uh, terrified but there was backbone and there was courage and for whatever reason uh, those that came behind many times because you were just exhausted you put things on cruise control you f- probably uh felt that uh, that was owed to you uh on some respect there's all kinds of reasons but listen as a generation yeah the boomer generation needs to tap out just like steve said hey we got all our problems over here on this side too, but you know what you uh, just whatever you guys got, aren't buying green bananas anymore. Go do whatever you want to do. Um, shuffleboard, whatever it is, but you've broken enough stuff.
1: Wow. That's even see, harsher than my position. But yeah. Go ahead, Aaron. Uh,
2: so see the conversation we had yesterday about, uh, original sin. I think that'll be the, that'll be kind of helpful because yes, you may, you may be, a shining example of uh, you know what what individuals can accomplish and can continue to accomplish and and have impact in others' lives uh, at this point. Uh, but we're talking about that's you. I, our criticism of of boomers is not meant necessarily for you. Definitely not. It's meant for the generation as a whole. So even though there are always exceptions, there are always exceptions, and we're all judged individually based on our own characters and character flaws, Um, the generation as a whole, I would agree with what Todd said, the generation as a whole is a spectacular failure. That doesn't mean you were, though, or you are, though. At this point, the generation, from a leadership standpoint nationally, um, and even down uh, to the local level, to some degree, uh, it, it is. Uh, t- to some degree, there are always exceptions, but the, the generation, um, it, it's its time is is up from a leadership sp- standpoint. And the
0: um, it's you know the ones that are going woke. You know, they are almost there uh, is a cautionary tale. I almost don't mind that they'd stay around. It's pathetic at your age that, that but it's the ones that are standing in our way. It's the ones that are ki- sort of kind of in common sense return to normal land. But I like this is not the way things are done, son. And they, I mean, they're, they're, they're Mike Pence. They're these people. Get out of our way. You're part of the problem. You're lying every single day about the nature of reality to yourself. So we can't get anywhere with you in the positions you're at.
1: I just think as a general rule, we shouldn't have 80-year-old people running for president of the United States, period. Period. Yeah. I just don't, like, as a general rule. Yes. I, I just think that, you know, we, we have age restrictions at a certain point or age accommodations and criteria you have to reach in order to drive, right? Yeah. I mean, just, it, it, it just not a good idea in general. Yes, the idea that there's no one else we could possibly turn to, that there is there's no one else, there's 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 no one else we could nominate. By the way, again, I they they stole the last election from him. Absolutely, they did. Yeah, but there's no one else on planet Earth that could be nominated other than the guy that made the absolute worst decision ever by letting them steal it with COVID lockdowns, with handing his hand just handed his. Look at the cover to the book. Why do you think I chose this photo? I'm the one that chose this photo. Why did I choose this? He just exited stage left. Here you go, Anthony. Country's all yours. Lord Farquaad, it's all yours. For months. This time last year, this guy ran the country. So there, there's no one else, no one else who's not, who hasn't made these decisions that have friggin' wrecked us. So we're gonna do this again when he's eighty? There's the stones are going back out on tour? Really? I mean come on, man. More feedback Friday anymore. So, we've been talking about rough greens for quite a while now, and it's that powder that is rich, dense with vitamins, minerals, nutrients, uh, the things that are missing from your pet's food stripped out of there when it leaves the factory so that it can stay a long, love you long time. They're on the uh, store shelves of America. Same thing that they do with the people food. That's why we buy so many supplements today. It's a multi, multi billion dollar industry. Well, your pet needs one too, and rough greens is it it's the powder you sprinkle in with the food your dog loves. so All the good things likely missing from that food go right back in. But you may be skeptical that your pet will take to it, will like it. Here's how to find out. We're going to give you that first 14-day jumpstart bag we were previously promoting on the show. We're now going to give it to you for free. You just pay for the shipping. You just pay for the shipping. A couple bucks for that. But the bag itself will be free to see if you don't see a difference in your pet in two weeks or less. And if they don't end up liking it, Uh, to take advantage of this, just go to roughgreens.com. R-U-F-F for roughgreens.com or call 833-ROUGH-DOG. That's 833-ROUGH-DOG. This is from Joan. Just now who proves the point that we were just making. I've been a viewer for a short time, but will never watch again with the comment that boomers as a generation need to just go away. That dude with the high voice, think they're talking about you over there, Todd, uh, can go to hell. And I sincerely hope he does not live to retirement. Thanks. Indeed, thank you. You are confirming this. Do you know what I think when someone says Gen Xers are too chill, lazy? Nothing. I, I don't think anything. My name is Steve. I just happened to be born in 1973. I don't, I don't friggin' care about my generation on any level. I don't feel the need. I don't identify with it. I don't feel any need whatsoever to defend its honor. It doesn't have an identity to me. Has no has Id- no idol to me. I don't care. I don't care. So why do you? I'll tell you why you do. Because you believe your generation is special. See, that's how we ended up in this damn mess as a country. Your generation got up one day and said, let's just, you know what? We're just going to wreck everything that was built by every previous generation. We're going to counterculture everything, question everything. That's what happened. That is, that's, that, there's a, there's, there is, there are The things we used to collectively believe as a country, that we still largely believed, even in eras we were deeply divided, like during slavery, Reconstruction. Now, we tried to deny certain groups access to those things, right? But collectively, the two groups that were fighting over whether to expand access to those beliefs, did they still largely, though, within their own ecosystem, share a lot of the same value system? Yeah. Yeah, they did. This generation arose and just wrecked everything. We've never recovered. Did I say Joan Perry wrecked everything? That's who sent us the note. Did I say that? No. Did you say that? No, I Aaron, actually Wesley said the opposite. No. So so Joan, why is your identity as a boomer? There's all this drama right now about the Southern Baptist Convention. I'm, I'm I've followed it a little bit. Now we're actually fellow Christian brothers and sisters, right? Yeah. Do you know why I'm not really obsessed with it though? Because when am I not a Southern Baptist? So I'm just not. Yeah, I'm aware of it. I'm informed. Yeah. I understand that. You know, this is the largest army we have in American evangelicalism, and if it goes down, it will have a a a a far-reaching consequence in the culture. But, like, on a personal level, do I, like, come in and talk about it off the air? Are we, we like, discussing it in detail? Are we, like, choosing up—I don't even know who the sides are, frankly. I'm not a Southern Baptist. So, why do you believe your generation's special? What did you guys do? In fact, most of the best music— Today's Paul McCartney's 79th birthday— Let's be brutally honest. Other than Elvis, most of the best music of that era, which most of us still enjoy in this era, right? Yeah. It didn't actually even come from this country. Right. Uh, um, The Who, Zeppelin, The Beatles, The Stones, Should I Go On, came from the other, came from across the pond. What is this idea that you're so special that we just can't move on without your particular generations just hanging out and hanging on? Remember that video we played earlier this year of that pastor that's just beyond soft-headed? Remember California. this? He was just begging the governor for permission to have church. Yeah. Didn't he look like he was maybe 70, 75 in that, in that picture, in yeah. the video? And my yeah. first reaction was, dude, you have I'm sure, looking at, looking at the splendor of your campus, because it looked like a beautiful church, right? Yeah. It's clear you have done the Lord's work, and he has blessed it on some level, okay? But... If at the end of your days, and all the striving and suffering that you probably had to go through in order to build a church of that magnitude, and at the end of your days, you're now turning around hat in hand and begging a friggin' filthy God-hating pagan whether you can open up and worship and preach the word of God. My friend, it is time for you to go. There's no one else. No one else God could call to lead that church at that it has to be you. There's no other generation that can do it. It has to be this one. Why do you people think you're special? Joan, why is your identity and with your generation? we goaded you into this, we provoked you and you took the bait. In five seconds, you sent an email that verified all of our complaints. The idea that you have a what, first, dude? Why do you want to be identified with that generation anyway? If you're any kind of conservative, libertarian, religious, yeah, patriot, the exactly. generation that gave birth to the rainbow jihad. The generation that gave birth to the porn to porn to porn cinema to the drug culture I, you're you're taking pride in identifying with that. Can I say something uh, in a minute there I ought to be loaded up with emails from people saying dude i'm I grew up in that era I totally agree with you, but I don't know man I'm feeling pretty healthy I'm doing great. I don't know why I need it. I should be getting those. Instead, the, the, the first initial response is how dare you, how dare you come at me? By golly, I will defend all the honor of all the dope smokers of my generation that abandoned their kids, divorced routinely and, and, sub- and then when we stayed together subjected the kids to schools that we didn't monitor at all for a damn generation. How dare you at all? I mean, how dare you associate me with such people? In fact, I'm proud to be associated with them. The Who sang Generation in their mod phase when the band debuted. The song dates back, I believe, to 1966. What year is
0: it? It's not 1966. It's not
1: that one. Not that one. Now you may say something.
0: Joan, I'm recruiting people for school board right now. And if they're boomers uh, and they uh, come to me and say, man, I, uh, I I may have played it safe for too many years, but I got grandkids now and I, I want to spend my time well. And over my dead body, is this crazy going to be a part of their lives buckle up i'm with you man Amen. once more into the breach i'm looking for those kind of people but your email is basically the equivalent of you telling me what your pronouns are and me me needing to kneel for them come on now and if you think i ain't gonna do i'm ever gonna do that what the hell are you
1: watching this show for that's right yeah when you say you've only followed a short time i'm guessing it's been like 10 minutes because I promise you, if it's been longer than that, we've already stepped on 47 of your other shibboleths by now. We've stepped on our own damn shibboleths by now at this point.
0: But bye, John. Thanks for playing.
1: Where should I go next? Um, let's do this. A note from New Zealand for you guys. I've been listening to your show for almost a year now, and I think it's a great show, and I want to thank you guys for what you do. There's one thing that is really bothering me. There is so much talk about what people around the world like Fauci have done to human civilization. The question that scares me the most, though, is why? Are they all collectively just terrible at their jobs? Are they all really good at their jobs but working for nefarious entities? I have no way of knowing this. Maybe someone somewhere does. That's from Tracy Zimmerman in New Zealand. The floor now is yours. I'm, we're back to where we were originally, where I'm letting you guys go now.
0: I, I don't think you can sufficiently answer or understand this question from a purely secular perspective. And this is a theme Steve hit on yesterday, ultimately. Uh, you, you need to go all the way back to the garden and the question of, did God really say Uh, there is a fundamental disagreement with what reality is, a hatred of that reality, and a desire to do and say anything to reject it. You can't possibly see the consequences of all of uh, that. The, The devil himself could not. It didn't matter. He didn't care. He wanted to destroy all that was good and true and beautiful anyways because he came to resent that he wasn't the author of it and somebody else was. I, there's no way to answer your question without starting there. I'll leave Aaron to fill in any other blanks because I know for certain he agrees with that part.
2: Indeed. I think the first part, when we're talking about massive events like this, or even small details that end up having a domino effect on the way that the world is run or that uh, societies operate, in the the period of time in which we find ourselves in in Western civilization— I think the first step in understanding why the enemy does the things or, or pawns of the enemy do the things the, thing, the way that they do, the first step in answering the question, why are they doing that? To what ends are they doing that? Is to understand that from their perspective, there is no why. At best, it's a profit motive. At worst, it's something else. But just as you wouldn't say to a dog that's barking in your neighborhood all night, "Why are you barking? Why do you keep barking?" The dog's (laughs) just going to keep, just going to look at you. I'm a dog. I I bark. It's 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 what I'm doing. I'm a dog. Um, These people are pawns of the spirit of the age. They are wired to do things. Whatever their motive might be, they are wired to do things to acquire power. So there is no why. There is no grand cabal of people, grand conspiracy. There is no Hillary Clinton colluded with George Soros uh, in order to uh, create pipelines to smuggle kids into Jeff Now, that might be true. Who, who knows? But I don't think there's the, the point is there's no grand cabal of people. There is a spirit of the age using pawns to collect power. And whatever the outcome may be, the outcome may be the same as that grand cabal conspiracy. The, and in fact, it probably will be. But we under have to understand what I'm really saying is what we're up against is what we talked about in the first segment. The enemy here is the spirit of the age. It uses whatever it whatever it will, whatever it needs to acquire power. Whether that's science, cooking the books, fudging the numbers, creating false premises, drawing conclusions before collecting data, whatever it needs to do. So the why really, for the, from their perspective, is irrelevant because the outcome is the, is the same. The acquisition of power and control over you.
1: Really nice. It's, it's too long for the time we have, but I wanted to mention it here at the end. A really nice note from Sarah Mortimer in Moscow, Idaho, about how much she loves our show. And she wanted to make a suggestion to our audience because we're getting a lot of people that are emailing us. Hey, we've never thought about our faith or the Bible or anything uh, the way that the, the, since we've heard the way you guys can you know kind of bring it into a contemporary construct. And her, her and some of her friends started a Facebook group just with their own church Bible study. It's grown to 27,000 members. All right. And if you're interested in just getting together with a group of people and going through the word of God for the first time or the next time, um, their website is to the word, to the word.com. Again, that's to the dot com. So I just wanted to give a shout out to Sarah and throw that out there to people that have been intrigued by some of the things we do on Theology Thursday. If you want to go deeper or further on your own, that's one avenue for you to do this. And then I want to close with this email from Sheila, who I think says it very well. Unlike the person who was upset with your remarks about the boomer generation, I'm a boomer, and I think you're spot on. So many of us cannot let go of the past and somehow believe the music, drug use, promiscuity, protest, and counterculture are better and more noble than the previous generation that was called the greatest. Uh, They still think we're the cool kids, even though we're now in our 70s I'm not one of them so preach on I mentioned uh, the other day when I was flying through Chicago that I'm me and uh, I I was not wearing my mask in the airport and then I what did I tell you when you asked me how many people were wearing your masks in the airport what did I tell you it wasn't many but I remember I said I was probably the youngest one Mm -hmm. who wasn't that is an infer what did I infer by saying that that primarily the others who were defying the masquerade were there for, since I'm going to be 48 years old in a month, Right. Primar- that would mean then who were pr- the other, pretty much everybody else that was defying this were who? A boomer. A boomer. Hmm. I thought we, didn't. aren't we arguing against critical racist theory on the notion that people shouldn't be put into collective groups and have sins they didn't committed cast Mm -hmm. upon them, right? That's what I was referencing earlier. Yeah, I I guess I would think I'd be eager to differentiate myself from the prevailing winds of my generation. Yes. And and by the way, I have done so. How did I go from community college and, and Michigan State flunk out to one of the largest platforms in the country? Because frankly, a lot of people in the Gen X generation are soft are lazy, are lackadaisical, out, are passive, and I outwork their asses. That's how. Yeah. Okay. Should I? Should I? That's why I'm not offended when people point those stereotypes out about that generation. It's true. My success is a living embody of it. I, I sought to differentiate myself from it rather than succumb to it. Right. Yes. I. I thought that's what we kind of did here in America. Food for thought, John. John three seventeen.